0: Hello Photography Lovers, this is the Fashion Photography Podcast, the one and only place you can find everything you want and everything you need about the fashion photography business. Today is Wednesday and we are talking with another fellow creative. Last time we had our first part of the conversation with an amazing retoucher and today is time for part 2 when we are going to talk about blog posting, teaching, learning and this is all going to lead us to finding new clients. My name is Virginia Anceva and I'm your host. You said that you've been teaching some people and I was wondering how do you do that? Are those private sessions or usually workshops? Yeah, usually workshops? I do
1: private sessions. They are a little bit expensive, so I don't do a lot, but I want to make sure it's worth my time and okay. I don't spoon feed people with information. So what I do usually is I have people send in work. And I analyze their PSDs and how they're working. And then we determine together what makes sense for the person in that time to benefit the most.
0: Awesome. There
1: are a lot of people coming as, like, okay, can you teach me? I don't know. I just want to get better. I'm just at a point when I don't make the progress I expect from myself. And I was saying, yeah, sure. Let me look at where you work and not just the images you put into your portfolio because I found they're coming with, okay, I already know about dodging and burning and I know about this and this technique. And then I look into the files and there's a lot of issues with their workflow. And often it turns out skills like dodging and burning and healing and cloning is what they actually should improve for ending up with a better result. Yeah, the concept of dodging and burning is really easy to explain. You lighten things, you darken things, but It's just like a craft of like sculpturing is like you really have to invest and get feedback on how you're doing and what you can improve and then have feedback again and improve and until you eventually maybe master it. So we usually end up working on those skills anyways. Workflow is a big thing. I always have the perspective. I don't retouch from myself like a lot of people do and they can do whatever they want to do. and, And Choose the workflow, how they are used to it, but considering getting into retouching and retouching for someone else, you have to make sure you are efficient in your workflow. You have to make sure sometimes working with agencies, they expect to do just a certain thing on an image and then hand over the PSDs. So you have to make sure someone else has an easy job to understand what you have done and how you layered and everything.
0: To make it easy on. Yeah. Other part of the team, yeah.
1: And also working on ergonomics and speed. I, for example, use kind of a a gaming keyboard, such a short thing that is meant to use just with the left hand. And I mapped most of the shortcuts, I, basically all I, (laughs) I ever need in Photoshop. So using shortcuts is a lot, putting panels so you don't have to lift up your arm and everything. It just adds up. I have measured the uh, input strokes and clicks I've done throughout the retouch, and sometimes it's Whoa. like over between. It depends on the image. Sometimes you're faster, and sometimes you're slower. Like mm-hmm. 2,000 to 4,000 actions performed in an hour, which is quite a lot. So the more often you have to lift your arm and stuff like this, and the more you have to move around, it just adds up in time.
0: As a yeah. retoucher, you want to
1: make money and you want to be time efficient as well. So that's the thing I help people out with a little bit and looking at color and stuff like this because a lot of people are struggling with color. I don't know why because (laughs) I don't know. At some point it's like, I mean, I've been there. You don't know what you're doing at some point and then you figure out one thing and then the next and then the next. And at some point you are like, oh, I look at images in a completely different way than a year ago. So and then you're noticing a lot of subtle differences that you haven't noticed before. Some people that just need a little bit of a help to get there because they're stuck in the ways how they did things. And
0: How did you gain this knowledge?
1: I started out like everyone else, probably learning techniques on YouTube and stuff like this. But you have to be really self-reflective, constantly ask yourself if this is basically what you're doing. Also consider the other people in a team having conversations with makeup artists, with photographers, then you're advancing your skills.
0: Do you have favorite channels on YouTube?
1: I used to, but I don't know. It's just like they're mostly targeted on uh, the entry level market when it comes to getting into Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So uh,
0: not anymore,
1: (laughs) not not that much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to create content, but it's like you have always work and there's always something more important.
0: I can really sense that you're trying to make more content. And you said that it's sort of expensive to have this one-on-one lesson with you. But we need to mention that you also provide some free role files on your website. Can you please share with us your website?
1: Yeah, my website is edgeworldretouch.com. And I just rebuilt the website from scratch, basically. And yeah, you can get some free raw files to practice. You have the opportunity to send in your before-afters for getting some critique, which I might draw some on and just give critique. i making a video of it, putting on YouTube. So that awesome. might be an idea to get some content out and help some people. And uh, yeah, see how it goes. It depends on my time. I might add up to this uh, in terms of. Offering a cheaper way of getting feedback and stuff like this. But that's still work in progress. So mm-hmm. see how far I can get with it.
0: You're working a lot on your new website because I also know that you're very active in terms of blog posting.
1: I'm trying to get more <laughs> out. And I actually took a few clients recently because I had to work on the website. I had to install a new server for backups and all this stuff, which usually... Trying to push as far away from you actually work as possible. So it was just time to sit there and just trying to figure out to, a way to help people. And because I like like teaching, I like helping people. I know how it is when you're struggling with making progress. I've been there as well. And yeah, just, I don't know, having an open exchange about, because like the techniques are no secret, but they're little tricks and hints sometimes and trying to get some content out about color. Well,
0: that's for sure. It's taking you plenty of time because most of your blog posts are quite long. And as we can see, they're taking a lot of time because you're doing research for them. For example, your post uh, about the 21 most trending posts on retouching across the social media, well, in summer, but it takes a lot of time to check all of these imagery. Yes. (laughs)
1: yes, It took quite a bit to go through this, but I don't want to provide content that is meaningless. So it should be more or less informational or inspirational. And yeah, I have a few others that I think they're worth putting effort in. And I just don't want to write content for the sake of being found on Google or something. There are a lot of blogs that are just creating clickbait content and I just don't want to be that type of, I mean, I am consider myself a professional researcher and I want to position myself when it comes to education. Also, I have a lot of technical knowledge which I can put into this and I want to do research on the topics I'm writing on. So yeah, I have a certain quality expectation when it comes to my work and the blog posts I'm doing. So it, it just takes time.
0: And you're doing this all by yourself? Yeah. Wow. Basically. I oh have
1: a few people helping out. Knowing if you retouch us that you can trust is always a good thing because we are always pushing jobs to each other when we are too busy. The website things I can draw from my past, my technical past. So I'm good with building the website and doing all that stuff.
0: It's very funny. You said you're good at this. And yes, you are. That's obvious. But you also said that you're not that much into making posts just for the clicking. And I was wondering, because most of the people are doing the opposite, (laughs) is this paying off?
1: We'll see in the long run. But uh, (laughs) I think there's quality content. You might not reach that many people, but they might...
0: Be the right one.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm (laughs) Hopefully. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like little things. It's, I basically wrote a blog post about setting up what on Windows because they often have certain issue. That's not relevant to a lot of people because there are still a lot of people using Macintosh. But the ones that actually find the article and they're just so thankful for that little bit of information. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for other retouchers. Everyone I have done... a one-on-one session with, it's like day and night after that. So they're usually really appreciative after getting feedback and being taught a few little things. And yeah, most of them, they're actually doing quite well, which is also a good thing to see. It's like when you're teaching and helping other people out and exchange information and they're doing also big advertising campaigns, retouching Vogue, L covers and stuff like this. So I don't know, I wouldn't say proud, but something along the lines. So it seems to kind of work.
0: Mm-hmm. I know yeah. also that you're a PC expert. Mm-hmm. Can you tell Wallace. us about this process?
1: Well, I have formal education in IT stuff, mainly working in the hardware with electronics and stuff like this. But yeah, I have no issue with building my computer and stuff, which is a good thing when you can overclock and all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask you, what do you think is the biggest problem nowadays finding clients? Because you said you're 31 and we are <laughs> following this pattern of our guests always being 31. I'm just kidding, of course. So it's very funny for me the way you're talking about your past because you're saying, I was in a band, but I was very young back then. I'm yep. 31 and I'm quite old now right now. Which well, sometimes is very... it feels
1: like this. we're not <laughs> 20 anymore.
0: There is no me to land for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you've been the young good thing and now is, you're
1: old. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> pr- hopefully getting much older, but um also looking back as like the experience you gain throughout the years and the change of coming from a corporate environment and mm-hmm. not being free and making many decisions and transitioning into basically running a business and communicating on a different level with people connecting different and going to conventions and meeting people and yeah, having this exchange of knowledge is really really valuable for me and my life mm-hmm. um, because I don't want to look back in ten years and thinking Sorry. like, oh, I kind of got stuck somewhere on the way. Well, but you have to want it. It's like it's the same when you want to make a change in your life, you have to know I have to put effort in it and Sorry. be confident about what your strengths are and your weaknesses are, and be willing to learn and also to fail on the way, probably, which always happens.
0: Do you have an example of failure of yours that you've learned from? Of course, we need to learn from every failure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of when it comes to client communication and uh, sometimes it's just not working out and also being more precise when it comes to making contract, the whole invoicing process and stuff like this. So there's a lot, actually a lot you have to learn when you, you run your business. And it was never necessary for me to have that type of skill before. So you obviously make mistakes. You obviously make mistakes in communication, you lose clients and you deliver work that Doesn't meet the expectations, which sucks when you have put in like a Mm -hmm. complete week and work and you can't find an agreement with a client. That's stuff you have to go through. And otherwise, you just have to be willing to learn. And you can't be the best in everything, but you have to be willing to
0: learn every day.
1: Yeah. Look into different fields, like look into how marketing is working, how maybe you want to do, like I do, work on your website and taking advantage of all the, I don't know, remarketing and stuff like this, but it it depends on which field you are in. For us, it's mostly still a business-to-business operation, and that's completely different from catering to customers, right?
0: Yeah. And who's your final customer? Because for you, it's kind of different. You can talk to photographers.
1: It's different. I mean, photographers advertising agencies, companies not so much, but it's the business to business with the education. Let's say I will build an educational platform that's consumer based and the marketing is completely different. So for Mm -hmm. us, it's even if you are online and we can reach out to everyone in the world, it's like being on Facebook is interesting with other than that or Instagram, let's say it's social media but the communication is much different or how you reach out to people is much different than you want to have someone buy a product of yours right
0: yeah um, sure. so you're
1: more old fashioned in a business to business like meeting people making connections and stuff like this
0: do you remember how did you catch let's say your first client
1: oh as a oh, researcher i think i don't even remember
0: how many years ago was that i mean when maybe how old were you when you years. decided to become a well, well it was
1: quite late i've bought my first camera maybe five years ago or six years ago and then at some point like three years ago I really enforced like learning about retouching so it's not that long ago but I really can't think about what was my first paint job oh, that's okay. probably was a small one for just a few images
0: but for three years you have plenty of new things in front of you your website is here you have a solid audience I think in my opinion what's next for you
1: Oh, that's a good question. Retouching won't go away so quickly, but uh, we also have to be flexible with what we're providing. So retouching might completely change over the next five years. We, uh, We still don't know how things will go. I'm also interested in teaching a little bit. So maybe I'm figuring out a way to offer that in a cheaper way. That might be interesting. And other than that, it's like I have so many ideas aside from retouching that I might pursue at some point, like doing a marketing business with a friend, but it's like, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> we'll I just see. get bored pretty easily. So <laughs> I, I'm trying to mix up things so I don't actually do the same thing over and over again because retouching itself is a really repetitive
0: business. Yeah, it is. Year.
1: I basically run on autopilot for hours. Oh <laughs> when I'm retouching, so I don't think a lot. After a week of full retouching, I sometimes need just a little bit of break off and Just charging up the batteries.
0: What's your process of working? I know now that you're on autopilot, so maybe you don't really remember. Yeah. <laughs> but is there something yeah. that you do that you think that other people don't? For example, when I'm retouching, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm always listening, is the right word, to some huh? series. Constantly. I That's don't actually even funny. Know who are I know the about the movies.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've tried that. Oh, Watching movies, I don't pay attention to the movie. So there's still all the attention going Me through neither. the retouching, mm-hmm. and, which is a shame. But I found myself listening to music and then listening to one album. It ends and I'm continuing to retouch it. I don't even notice that the music stops. So sometimes it's just like being in a quiet room and doing this stuff. I had to set reminders with a timer to get to up from the computer <laughs> Yeah, and just like get away from it for like a minute or so. But yeah. now I recently uh, adopted a cat and she's oh usually God. the one. Yeah, she uh, usually comes and she's distracts me for a while. You. Oh,
0: that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> good reminder of the yeah, reality. Yeah, it's a good
1: thing. Just, like, I can just recommend it. It's just, like getting away for five minutes or something from the computer. is just like really
0: helpful. Oh, it's so, so different to have something alive in the room and in, in your yeah. home. Many people know that we have a parrot and I've been awake for a while. So the parrot went to my parents and um, I needed two or three days just to arrange some stuff when I went back. So the parrot was still in my parents' house and I had to come home and he wasn't here and i was constantly feeling so alone i know it sounds yeah. weird but there is no noise when you're all right. alone in the house and i was constantly coming to the room to tell him something and he wasn't there which is yeah. very weird and you're,
1: you're looking yeah for it. yeah he's here now yeah.
0: <laughs> so the cat is a good thing i've tried listening to music but it depends on the music really it depends yeah. but when i listen to movies they're just talking so it's like there is someone around you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you're usually working by yourself i guess yeah have you ever thought of co-working space or something like that
1: oh yes well i have a co-working space that is actually quite close to where i live and Mm -hmm. it's a nice environment to be in and i sometimes just go there to talk to people oh cool and Because they just like, I know the guy who's running a thing and they just built in a cafe, so to speak. So you can basically get your seat in the co-working space and have a coffee flat rate or something and stuff like this. And they have a cool meeting space and all the good stuff you imagine a co-working space to have. But for me as a researcher, I would just go crazy with the (laughs) constantly changing light because I'm basically stuck in a booth. Like with same lighting, same environment, no distracting elements, no light hitting my monitor. And...
0: Which is very important.
1: More yeah, for me it's like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people going crazy about monitor calibration. But the most important thing is to work in...
0: Coherent environment.
1: Yeah, in stable conditions. Mm-hmm. Because your brain is learning how to interpret that environment in conjunction with what you're seeing. And if you change that, you're not going to get good results. So if you change your monitor's white balance from like 6,500 to 5,000, the next two weeks are going to be just weird. (laughs) And then your brain is going to adapt and to learn how to interpret the color relationships and then everything will be more or less normal, even though it's a different white point on you're still going to be able to achieve the same results,
0: mm-hmm. which is very funny because your clients are probably gonna see the image in the office and behind that yeah, there sure. will be a big window.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you won't ever have an influence about what they are doing, but the most important thing is the color relationships, yeah, and not just the precise colors because Absolutely. that's just a thing that once maybe into pre press depends on where the images go but the relationships and the color harmonies that are in the images they are the important things.
0: I think you said it in a perfect way because for many photographers this is very delicate issue and yeah you're absolutely right many people are just relying on calibrators and they're wondering why they don't have the right results in the end.
1: Yeah well there's a is a lot that goes into uh, retouching when it comes to color and color and contrast has one of the biggest effects on the outcome much bigger than clean skin there are a lot of people struggling with creating harmony so to speak within an image and that's really important for advertising and also like fashion magazines to be true to Reality colors that that are not really so much for advertising maybe, but I mean, you can go a little bit crazy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. But they are all working together in a relationship. So you can go off from the actual color because your eyes are always picking up surrounding colors as well and Mm -hmm. interpreting them in a different way. As long as there's harmony and built into a theme and they are consistent and working together well, it's working out. But you have to make sure to again, make changes that make sense. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna change a certain color in a certain way, if it doesn't make sense for the whole series, if it doesn't make sense with other colors that are in clothing for, I don't know, maybe it's working for the first three images of a set, but not for the others. And that's also something to take into account.
0: Absolutely. I think it's very important that you mentioned that you have to think about the whole series, not just the photo by itself. I think it's a great advice, not just for the retouchers, but also for the photographers. Every workshop that I've done and every one-on-one session, I'm always saying to the photographers, because that's the people that I have most uh, interactions with, that it is important to think about the whole series. And I think this is even helping The process to have a, you know, people are saying when you're an artist, you need to have your own style. But it's so much easier to build this style upon your whole work, not just taking a look at something very, very small on each and every image. This might be your style, but if you're looking at each and every image separately, this is not going to work.
1: Yes, consistency is a big thing for a retoucher as well. And also the way how you work the workflow and the consistency you can provide throughout the images because we are making a lot of changes and the changes have to be consistent throughout all the images we are doing and that's a different skill that I, a lot of people are not thinking about when they're trying to get into it like a lot of beginners struggle with it they might be good with retouching an image and then the next one is looking different because every change you make has to be the same change in the other image or in the other image of the series that's just experience as well
0: oh sure it's very interesting that we are talking about all these stuff constantly not just you and me in this podcast but people are constantly talking about techniques and skin and coloring and stuff like that and all these things are things that we can learn even if you're not a retoucher even if you're i don't know you're baker or something like this if you really want to you can sit down and learn them but like you said, not everyone knows how to connect with clients and what to say to clients. And I think nowadays this is the most important issue in our careers because I have this a thing that I'm constantly saying. Your clients are not the only one choosing in the situation when we are talking about a project. We are also choosing because there are some clients, for example, that if you can simply understand that this client is going to be hard to work with... And you're not yeah. in love with <laughs> with the idea of the project. But for example, you're doing this for money, better leave the freaking project. Yeah. But yeah. So,
1: in the end, it's like we have to, we have, we to, have balance. to basically, basically, yeah, we have to think about like making money on the one side. But on the other side, is we all want to work on things that are exciting for us. And not saying everything is super exciting all the time. But yeah, sometimes you get a sense of, This is not turning out well and then you're better off leaving that job because all the struggle you might go through afterwards is most of the time just not worth it.
0: Mm -hmm. True. And uh, we have to say that this job might not be interesting for you and you might do it because of the money, but if you leave it, you're going to save some nerves. And at the same time, this job might be the most interesting project for somebody else.
1: Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And also you have to think about you actually can decide to constantly work, but you also have to think about advancing your own skills and reaching out to new clients and doing Mm -hmm. other things. It's like you need time for that as well. So... Maybe that's the time to sit down and think about, okay, how old is my portfolio? Do I have to change something? Do I have to present myself in a different way? Do I have to a list of clients that I want to reach out to and haven't done it yet? Maybe that's just then the time when you're deciding not to take a client to actually sit down and do those things you might have been struggling with. And then you actually grow as well from denying to work for someone.
0: How did you learn those stuff? Through books or maybe? Some well, yeah, videos? I'm, tr- I'm always
1: trying to. I don't read books because I'm actually dyslexic as hell. So I can't. As I, hell. I maybe, <laughs> yeah, I finished maybe one book in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you do in order to learn these skills?
1: Videos are working well, audiobooks are working well, and I, I know a lot books.
0: of. That's cool. Yeah, I love this.
1: Because I can't can actually read. So I mean, I can read, but.
0: Of course you can read, you can I'm write. having also. a ha-
1: Yeah. and <laughs> yeah. just struggling with... It's taking you a know. lot
0: of time. I know. I know yeah. your struggles. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Other people are relaxing while reading and I just don't. Uh-huh.
0: Um, but uh, an audiobook is a great example how to learn some yeah. stuff. Um, do you have any f-
1: Oh, a lot of marketing books, but I, I don't want to push someone. So I always <laughs> like people to make a little bit of their own research. So... There are a lot of best-selling books.
0: They're about not marketing that and
1: Not always, but sometimes they're just giving you a little hint of like, oh, actually I knew this, but it's good to hear it again. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, but I don't want to mention like specific books or something because I don't want to favor one over another. <laughs>
0: like, okay, okay. I want to ask you one of those questions that I'm so inspired of. <laughs> and um, since you have... This one book that you don't remember, that you've read. It might have
1: been Free Willy, I don't know. But it's (laughs) been when I was really young.
0: Okay. I would like to ask you, is there a present that you give to several people again and again? Because I'm usually asking for a book. I'm asking which one is the book that you would uh, give as a gift to someone. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can think about it. You can think yeah, about really have to. <laughs> During this time, I can ask you something else from my list of questions that I love. Um, like, what's the thing you bought that had a positive impact on your life? And this thing should be under $100.
1: Well, I would say the best thing I'm buying constantly is food for my cat because she is a girl and if she is hungry, <laughs> can be really annoying. <laughs> Other than that is uh, actually these gaming keyboard they are around depending on which brand you're buying uh, 80 to 150 Mm -hmm. uh, dollar but when it comes to how you can work much more ergonomical it's like really a good thing and i just can recommend to anyone who is retouching a lot like maybe for someone who is just doing a little bit it's not worth it but being in front of the computer hours hours and hours ergonomics are huge because you don't want to stress your back and your hands and too much. And also a little bit more expensive would be a desk that you can actually lift in order to stand.
0: Stand desk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. that's a I good do. thing to have.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your back. <laughs> do you do any yeah. exercises?
1: Well, I have. I had times when I was more active. At the moment, I'm not so much because I'm always fighting with myself. Um, having thoughts in my head to, okay, I actually want to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. I don't want to make time to actually exercise. So I'm basically sometimes taking Mm -hmm. walks and also I'm taking walks with my cat on a leash. Really? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Was it (laughs) cool? Yeah, kind of. Sometimes she's not so excited about it, but I'm forcing her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope those guys from (laughs) animal. Detection no, no, one, no. go after No, she's us. <laughs> she's
1: cute. She she likes going outside, but she's been a rescue, and she wasn't a cat that learned to be outside. Mm-hmm. So when they just left her, she was really struggling. But she is excited about everything that's new. So she's also excited about going out, and you in the evening, cat... so I sometimes t- takes take her out for a little bit.
0: Oh my God, your cat loves challenges. She's just like me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she just doesn't like other cats. Oh, perfect.
0: Um, just like me then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: But when it comes to, to exercises, like um, I have had issues with my back, so I have to stretch a lot. And that's huge, especially when you're walking in front of a desk, you have to make sure your chest is properly stretched and your hip flexors and stuff like this. So that's something everyone should do when they have a job in an office or just in front of a desk and sitting a lot.
0: Yes, they need to really take care of their backs and their yeah. eyes, right?
1: Yeah. Sometimes you just can
0: stay in front of the computer any longer.
1: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you just have to. I mean, yeah. you sometimes are stuck with working throughout I'm the night. Jumping. But being in control of your environment helps a lot. So having stable conditions and Matching the monitor brightness to the environment you're in uh, is a huge part of how quickly your eyes are getting tired. Mm -hmm. Also a consideration to make. But again, I'm quite technical. Some people are not really interested in all that stuff, but I think it's one thing that makes your life easier.
0: Yeah. So why not do it? (laughs) Right. Do you have any favorite apps?
1: Well, I like using Office 365 for business. They have quite a few interesting things in Outlook and stuff that I'm constantly using for retouching. I mean, I use whatever I have to use. So if I'm getting to retouch Hasselblad files, I'm using their raw converter. Uh, If I get other images, I'm most likely using Capture One and then, of course, Photoshop. And the other things I do when it comes to organizing myself is Basically all integrated in office somehow. I don't know how to live without that anymore.
0: <laughs> it's weird. And up for today, part number three will be released next Wednesday when we are going to see each other. Until then, you can check out our previous episodes on tootepassionmagazine.com and neverlandmag.com, where you can also submit your fashion editorials. Thank you so much for being with us today and we'll be waiting for you in our Facebook group called the Fashion Photography Podcast.